Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The start of the second half brings forth a new beginning for a team that desperately needs one as our beloved went south of Florida to take on the Buccaneers in the hopes that they would get things started in the second half with a win. Did the Bears take advantage of the new start, or are they drowning again? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 10 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Okay, NFL, go ahead, jump right into my nightmare. The water is warm. Holy hell, what a Sunday we just had. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 10 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and I don't think that um, it's, it's really, I don't think it was possible or is possible to look any worse than the Bears did on Sunday uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know that that opening that we just had. I I wrote and recorded it on Friday, so long before the game ever happened, uh, I wrote about it because the first thing I would like to say is I'm not doing uh, bear up, bear down because there are no bear ups. I mean, Jordan Howard did very well. Uh, he ran the football well. He looked good. Uh, Leonard Floyd did some good things. Pernell McPhee, Akeem Hicks, um, you know, but none of it was sustained throughout the entire game. Jordan Howard had a fumble that set up a touchdown. Uh, you know, I don't know if he was being benched or if it was a Achilles injury that John Fox said he had or or whatever the case was. Uh, Leonard Floyd and Willie Young were both retarded on that one play where Jameis Winston ran around like a chicken with his head cut off and found a receiver 50 yards downfield for a 40 yard gain. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So no bear ups, no bear down. I'm not even going to bother with it because it's just. It's and we all know who's on all those lists. You know, we know Jay was on the bear down list. We know that uh, the injury bug is a bitch, isn't she? I mean, here we are. All we could talk about on the preview show was, uh, you know, how the Bears are. This is the second half is coming at the right time. You know, the bye week uh, came at a terrible time as far as killing the momentum from the Minnesota uh, win. But we're coming back. Sitting and Long are both going to be healthy. Um, Eddie Goldman's going to be back. Um, you know, everybody else, Pernell McPhee is a week healthier. He's had time to rest now, so he'll be charged up and ready to go. Uh, Jay Cutler is, you know, going to have two weeks to get ready for this game. Blah, 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 blah. And then Sunday happened, and it's just, I mean, this could not have been a more perfect game for the Bears to come back on. 
You know, we have this momentum, this confidence, even even being a two and six team, we have this confidence coming into the game where we're playing this mediocre team that is reeling and that ironically has not won a game at home in a full calendar year. Like it had been uh, quite a quite a long time since I think November of last year, maybe longer since they'd won a game at home. And here we are, the Bears, unfortunately, hadn't won a game on the road where we were 5-3 and three last year, but we haven't won a game on the road yet. And, um, you know, here we are, perfect opportunity. Uh, we're playing better than, than, the, than the Buccaneer. It was just, it's just set up fine, okay? And from the beginning, it was an absolute, uh, it was just off. Yeah, my God, it was so bad. And it's so bad, in fact, that I have a comment from Barry Hodgson, Hodgson, sorry, um, our good friend from overseas uh, in the UK who had to ruin his Sunday night because the game starts about six or seven hours later uh, because of the time difference, had to ruin his Sunday night to watch this game. And he says, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase most of it, Larry, I don't really, I don't envy you putting together a podcast for that uh, expletive we'll just leave that out because i don't feel like putting an explicit tag on the episode wouldn't blame you if you ducked it this week just got awful well there you have it that was the sentiment uh i think we would all agree uh on that it was uh it was god awful and uh we did have to sit there and, and watch it take place and um you know um i don't know if it was dickerson or one of the other chicago beat writers that said uh you know, uh, this is um, this reminds you of or reminded him of the Bears coming off the bye in 2014, uh, two years ago against Green Bay, and that's the Sunday night game where the Packers beat the Bears 55 to 10 or 55 to 14, and and we're up 42 to nothing uh, at halftime. But um, he says, and I think this was worse, and he's absolutely right. It is much worse because we did not play the Green Bay Packers, who were one of the best teams in football, uh, or anything like that. We played one of the one of the, we, we we played a team that's just that's coming off two really embarrassing losses. Um, is not playing good football. Offensive line is mediocre at best. Their starting running back did play in the game, but he hasn't played in eight weeks because of a hamstring injury. Their defense was a giant swinging gate, giving up 30 points a game. And instead, we made them look like the New England Patriots because they did whatever they wanted to on offense and their defense squashed the offense. I mean, it just it was just horrendous. It, it just like you, you, you went back, you went from thinking against Minnesota who the hell are these guys to all of a sudden the thought in this game is like, what the hell happened? What happened? I mean, did, was it really, does it, does it really mess things up that badly that the bears had to go through the bye after the Minnesota win? I mean, did that, that, did that break really just murder the momentum? Because nothing, nothing was the same. The offensive line could not block to save its life. Jay was under fire. I mean, granted, Jay took his his mediocrity to a brand new level uh, yesterday. It was it was almost impressive uh, after a while. I mean, that interception that he threw to Chris Conti of all people, 
Chris Conti uh, in the be- in the first quarter. You know, it was, uh, and I think I said, it, I, I even think I said so in, in the knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, second quarter, one of the two, it was like watching a pitcher hang a curveball over the plate, and you just know, you just know, all the batter has to do is swing, and he's going to crush it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, you saw Jay float that up there, and it's just like, the this the before he threw it, I'm sitting here telling him, don't throw the ball. Don't throw or like throw it away, you know, throw it over. No, no, he doesn't throw it. Instead, he hangs it up there. And Chris Conti, the king of mediocrity, is made to look like an all pro player for stepping in front of it and taking it back for a touchdown. It was just the most unbelievable thing. Just unbelievable. I mean, there that was, you know, this this we thought the Jacksonville game was rock bottom. We thought it couldn't get worse than the Bears having a 13 to nothing lead, then you know pumping that up to a 16, I think 16 to seven at one point. But it was a two score lead we had in the fourth quarter. Any way you want to look at it, when it was 13 to nothing, when it was 16 to seven, it's still a two score game, you know. And instead, we ended up losing it, blowing that game uh, against Jacksonville. It just you thought that was that was as bad as it could get. But they, man, they doubled down. They went all in on this game against Tampa. I mean, it's just, it was just pathetic, just pathetic. And then, if that wasn't any worse, breaking news for anyone who hasn't heard, and I got a double whammy, um, so get ready for not one, but two gigantic kicks into the balls. Number one, Alshon Jeffrey has just been suspended by the NFL for the next four games for violating the... uh, for violating the code of conduct of the the you know for personal or performance enhancing drugs so he pissed hot for PED so he's done for the next four weeks without pay so that's a nice you know 3.5 million that he won't be collecting uh this year because of uh because of that four game suspension and then if that wasn't bad enough that little ankle roll that we saw happen to Kyle Long uh the other day was uh I think it was a tear because he's done for the year. Uh, There's seven games left in the season. They're already putting him on injury reserve. He is done for the rest of 2016. So no four straight Pro Bowl visits for Kyle Long uh, this year. Uh, Even in his triumphant return back to guard, he is done uh, for the season. So either tank top man Eric Cush or Ted Larson, who was horrendously bad yesterday, uh, will be taking over for Kyle Long at the right guard spot. Um, and we still don't know what happened to Bobby Massey, uh, who left the game for, for concussion protocol, whether he'll be fine or enough to play this week. I mean, it just – we came into the into the game as healthy as we've been all season and then watched about half a dozen players leave with an injury uh, in this game. Uh, it just I just It just boggles the mind. You know, it really does feel – like the Cubs handed their curse over to the Bears. You know, I don't know what it was that the Bears did in order to inherit this curse or whatever, but it really just looks like, even with all the promise and expectation, and I don't think anybody, including myself, who I'm I'm a super optimist, or, you know, I always think the Bears can do better than they always end up doing, but no one had any illusions about a Super Bowl run or maybe even a deep playoff run this year the playoffs were a possibility or so we thought you know maybe 
nine and seven, maybe ten and six. We got a pretty easy schedule, even though everybody's going out and tried to improve their football team this year. It it should be okay. You know, we we'll, we we got a good schedule. Uh, you know, home schedule. We played very well on the road. If we can do that again, and then you know. If we can go five and three on the road, five and three at home, dude, that's ten and six. That's got to be good enough for a playoff run, right? So, but even with with all that, it just you know, no one had any illusions about you know championships or Super Bowl runs or anything like that. We all kind of realistically had to consider this year to be a bridge. You know, from the improvement where this tough, scrappy team, low on talent but high on effort last year, you know, should have won more football games than we did, but we were in every single game last year, and it was a joy to watch, to be completely honest with you. No, we did not win as many games as we should have, but we were competitive. We were in all those games, so you were invested emotionally throughout the entire four quarters there really wasn't a game where you just checked out on it because it was just too pathetic to watch we have had too many of those already nine games into this season we've had too many of those this year where you're ready to bail long before the game is over because you can't stomach to watch it anymore you know we went from the, from that tough scrappy like i said low on talent high on effort and this was supposed to be a team higher on effort or excuse me higher on talent we bring that effort along with it we win a few more games remember we're 8 and 8 9 and 7 just barely make the playoffs then another good draft another strong off season where we got good cap space man we could really be something in 2017 i'm looking forward to that now we don't know what the hell's going to happen Okay, I'm also reading reports today that the locker room has officially thrown in the towel on Jay Cutler. Uh, Beat writers texting players saying things like, it's embarrassing his level of preparedness coming into this game. You know, I just, it's it's all happening again. You know, it's Tressman all over again. You know, the it's just a huge, giant mess, and... You know, it just I, I, what 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 promise what uh, what do we have that's going to make us believe, think or even wish that it's going to get any better going into 2017? You know, it just it's so sad to watch this. I mean, and here's the thing. It's been 24 years, 24 seasons since we said goodbye to Mike Ditka. Okay, and in the time since Ditka has been gone, uh, we have been bad more than we have been good, you know. So we as Bear fans over time have had to get used to, not like, but we've had to get used to the Bears not winning, you know. But what's been really, really hard to stomach what's been really really hard to stomach is for them to be the worst that has been hard okay that is what i can't tolerate you know it, it's one thing if your team loses you know if it's one thing if they don't they just don't win the game that's that's something that happens to half the teams that play every sunday you know somebody's got to win somebody's going to lose more times than not, you know, your team may end up being the one that comes out on the wrong end. But there's something else entirely when all you get to do on Sunday is watch the worst team in the NFL or one of the worst teams in the NFL simply go through the motions and cash a paycheck until they have to come back the next week and do it again. I mean, it's just really, really sad watching this team play. 
You know, you just you, it's, and they're not all doing it. It's it's not like in 2014 where the entire football team was just like f this, bring on the off season. This is a team that's not all on the same page. They're not all in agreement with what needs to be going on out there. You can see the effort from from some and zero effort from others, and it's just, you know, that's all. That's all on the top guys. Whether you want to start it at, at you want to, whether if you want to start with Fox or if you want to jump it up a level of pace or you want to even go higher than that. And I think everyone would agree that it's. I mean, it's been a sentiment in Chicago, not only just by amongst the fans, but in Chicago, period, for years that McCaskey's need to sell the team uh, to somebody else who's actually going to, you know, like we, we need a Ricketts family to come along and take this team off the McCaskey's hands because everything for the Cubs turned Im- almost immediately after the Ricketts uh, bought the Cubs from the Tribune Company. After the Ricketts took over, you know, and we just celebrate, you know, five, six years later after they took over, we celebrated, you know, best team in the in Major League Baseball. Went through the whole postseason, Game Seven. We won the World Series, first time in 108 years. You know, it's uh, the the Bears need a Ricketts family to come along. That's all there is to it. So I think, unfortunately, though, we need Virginia McCaskey, the owner of the team. We need her to pass away first, <laughs> and then you know, because I don't think she'll sell the team because uh, it was her father's team, as in Papa Bear George Hallis himself, but. Something has to happen. Something has to give one way uh, or the other. And the Bears will never leave Chicago, but we need we need a Ricketts family to come in and take the, the franchise off their hands, and a team that uh, you know somebody that's motivated that that wants and means it that wants championships. And it's not because right now all it looks like is lip service. It just looks like lip service uh, from the McCaskies and from ownership and from Ted Phillips and. Uh, you know George McCaskey, who's the vice, pre- you know who's in charge of the deal and uh, and whatnot. It just all kind of reads like lip service, and because it all just falls flat. Everything the Bears try to do is just one thing after another. That's it. It fails miserably, and um, you know, like I said, it's it's one thing to watch your team lose. It's another team to. It's another thing all entirely for them to be the worst team. You know, for them to be historically bad every time they take the field. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just horrible, and it's it's painful uh, to watch. And it's getting to be like 2014, where I'm not looking forward to Sundays to see my team play. You know, and 2014 was was easily the toughest year in football that I've ever had to go through in my life. You know, honestly, if it wasn't for the show. And there were a few times where I actually bailed on the show and just gave you an all knee-jerk reaction show just because I couldn't put up with it. Um, you know, I promise I'm not going to do that this year. But it just, you know, like if it weren't for the show, I wouldn't watch the games. You know, that's the, we're kind of getting back to that point again where it's just like, you know, if I didn't do this show, there's no way in hell I'd watch the game on Sunday because I know how it's going to go and I don't want to feel that way. You know, I am emotionally invested in this team. I do love this team. I have my whole life, and I can't sit there and watch them do this over and over again. You know, I mean, Sunday was such a letdown. I mean, you know, for us as fans, that Monday night win over Minnesota could possibly be the worst thing that happened to us just because we had such high hopes now going into the second half. Again, not with any illusion about them making the play. I mean, even with the, the NFC North crumbling around the Bears and everyone now having a shot to win this damn thing, I mean, Detroit had the week off and they went from third place to first place just like that. 
Just like just by not doing anything and sitting at home watching for a week, they went from third place to first place. Because Green Bay got their asses kicked by Tennessee yesterday, and Minnesota just blew just blew it again and lost their fourth straight to um, to Washington. So even though Detroit and Minnesota are both sitting at five and four, Detroit beat Minnesota last week. So they've got the head to head and are now in first place in the NFC North, just like that. So even with the NFC North, you know, crumbling around them, and at three and six, the Bears would only be two games out of first place with seven games to go. I don't think we had any illusions that the Bears were going to make a run at this thing. However, with the way that they played against what's supposed to be a playoff caliber team that Monday, here we are coming against the Buccaneers, who are just terrible. And I mean, you even you listen, you you heard the the, the talk with Sander Phillips. He, you, it just he had no hopes about what the Buccaneers are going to be able to do. He's just as surprised as everyone was that the Buccaneers won thirty-six to ten yesterday. He was not expecting that. He thought to listen to him. He thought the Bears were going to beat them yes yesterday. That did not happen, unfortunately. Anyway, we do have knee-jerk reactions, so I'm going to go ahead and play those for you, and uh, we'll talk briefly about this game, but. Uh, just because we have to. So let's just get to it. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Bucks, And it could have been better. And uh, the first quarter right away answers the question as to whether or not it was a good idea for the Bears to be on a bye after the way they played against Minnesota the other day. The offense kind of comes out and in spurts does a little I mean, Jordan Howard's got over 50, maybe 60 yards rushing just in the first quarter alone, but that hasn't stopped Jay Cutler from throwing back-to-back interceptions. And when I mean back-to-back, I mean literally back-to-back. He throws an interception to Brent Grimes, who stepped in front of Alshon Jeffrey on a quick slant, and then on the very next offensive play that the Bears have – he throws a pick six to none other than Chris Conti. And this was like watching a pitcher hang a curveball over the plate and watching the batter just crush it out of the stadium because the way that he hung the ball up there, it was intended for Logan Paulson. The way that he hung the ball up there, you just knew that it was going to get picked off. And sure enough, it did. It was a short one, maybe 20, 25 yards at the most for the interception, giving the Bucks a 7 nothing lead. Connor Barth uh, somewhere discussed that he is an actual field goal kicker, nailed a 54-yard field goal on the next drive that the Bears had. And the one thing that we're seeing in the second half of the first quarter is the defensive pressure on Jameis Winston. The Bears' pass rush is really caving in that offensive line for Tampa Bay, forced the throw from uh, Winston on this last drive that was picked off by Harold Jones' uh, Corte, and that's where we sit right now. The Bears are in uh, in good field position I think uh, close to the 20 yard line near the red zone uh, with the football as we go into the second quarter with the Bears down 7-3 to three. and no sooner do I say that than Jay who is inside the red zone after nearly throwing an interception a play or two early uh, he had Jeffrey open in the corner of the end zone decided to wait a little too long to throw the ball threw the ball low 
to the point where it pegged the defender that Jeff that cover was covering Jeffrey, pegged him in the back and ricocheted into the hands of a Buccaneer player where Jeffrey had to become the defender and swat the ball out of his hands to save the interception. That all happened a play or two before Jay breaks the pocket, rolls to the left, and gets strip sacked from behind, and Tampa Bay recovers, killing the last promising drive the Bears have for the in re- for the rest of the football game. I mean, it just inside of 17 minutes, Cutler turned the ball over three times, two two interceptions, two bad interceptions too. It's it's not like it was last year, where yeah, occasionally, you know, every now and then, who only he only had 11 interceptions last season, um, you know, he threw a pick, but it was never. It was never like a bad or same old J pick. You guys heard me say that a million times last year. It wasn't a same old J pick where you're sitting there wondering, why the hell did he throw that? Yesterday, it was same old J all day yesterday. Why the hell did he throw that? To, he threw it to Brent Grimes. He didn't throw it to, to Jay. He didn't throw it to, to Alshon. And then, like you heard me say, you heard me say it on the knee-jerk reaction. You heard me say it just before the knee-jerk reaction. The, the just before he threw it, don't don't do it. Don't throw it, Jay. And then he hung it up there. And like I said, curveball over the middle of the plate, and just watch him. Just sit back and and, and pray that the ball lands because he's going to hit it so hard, it's going to leave the stratosphere. And sure enough, that dickhead uh, Chris Conti picks it off and uh, runs it back for a time. I mean, that had to feel good uh, for him, but. Um, you know, this is the guy that that gloriously accepts concussions when they come along. So maybe he doesn't even remember doing it at this point because he's such an idiot. But uh, anyway, that was the first quarter. I mean, and then like I said, we go right into the second quarter. It does not only does it not get any better, it seems to get worse. And you know, the defense is keeping up. They were really getting after Winston uh, in this game. God love them. But as we go longer into the game, because the the offense has the same problem it's had all season long can't sustain drives can't move the chains can't get into the end zone the defense wears out in the second half and it all becomes a big giant uh you know crap fest in the second half and and Tampa Bay pulls away but uh before we get to that second quarter knee-jerk reaction where we had a little fireworks just before halftime knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Bucks, and the Bears just kind of polished the turd that was the second quarter right there at the very end uh, after giving up a uh a field goal to the Bucks and the Buccaneers go up 17 to three. The Bears, who usually, typically, would have taken that 31 seconds that they had left and just kneeled on it and go into the into halftime, decided to actually try and ended up with a 50-yard touchdown hail mary from Cutler to Cameron Meredith, and we actually have Chris Conti to thank for it because his incompetence allowed the ball to get tipped up into the air. He jumped up on the hail. Mary trying to bat it down ended up tipping it into the air for Cameron uh, Meredith and um, you know the Bears should actually at the very least maybe it should be tied right now uh, the Bears uh, that that promising drive they had at the end of the first quarter going into the second a play or two into it uh, Jay breaks the pocket and has his third turnover in less than 17 minutes of play by fumbling the football he got caught from behind from uh, Noah Spence the ball ripped out of his hand and then later on uh, in the game, um, Jordan Howard decided to get into the get in on the fun with a fumble of his own that set up the second. Uh, 
uh, Tampa Bay touchdown to have them go up 14-3. to So if not for the four turnovers that the Bears had in the first half, the Bears would be up 10-3 to right now at least uh, at this point because the, the Buccaneers owe both of their touchdowns, the pick six that Cutler threw and the drive that came off the Jordan Howard touchdown to turnovers. So the Bears went from playing a mistake-free, perfect, flawless football game against Minnesota to coming out flat and mistake-prone all the way throughout the first half. And yet, at this point, because the defense played so well for the majority of the first half, it's only a seven-point game. Now, Tampa Bay does start with the football, and they started to get a rhythm offensively before the end of the half, but we'll see if second-half adjustments can get the Bears back into this game and uh, see if we can't sneak out a win against this team. Where I was cautiously optimistic throughout the entire Minnesota game until we closed things out in the fourth quarter. I think you could call that uh, last statement there foolishly optimistic uh, just before thinking that, hey, maybe second half adjustments, the Bears can turn this around. I mean, because, like I said, four turnovers and we're only down a touchdown. And if it wasn't for the turnovers, the Bears would be winning the game because Tampa Bay scored two touchdowns over those turnovers. So the Bears would be in a much better spot if they could get out of their own way in this football game. In the second half, things just got worse. The third quarter was was you know even worse than the it just got it got so much worse as we got deeper into the game you could slowly but surely see the team checking out as we went along knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter the bears and the bucks and what little optimism we had going into the half is all but gone now um We've lost the entire right side of our offensive line as Kyle Long and Bobby Massey both went down with uh, injuries. Massey with a concussion, uh, Kyle Long with an ankle injury. We'll see how long that keeps him out uh, for. Um, And one of the most ridiculous plays that would have been perfect for an NFL folly tape uh, at some point, uh, Jameis Winston escapes. Um, a bevy of bears. Um, uh, the referees missed about two or three blocking in the back penalties. And after Winston backtracked himself all the way back to the end zone, as he's running forward a bit, finds a guy 40 yards downfield for a first time on the very next play, a 43-yard touchdown pass to a guy who is just ridiculously as wide open as he was in the, lay, the play before. Um you know, and then just here before the end of the quarter, the Bears, uh, after Eddie Royal makes the horrible decision to try to return a punt uh, from the five, from his own five yard line, um, Cutler fumbles the football into the end zone. It gets batted out the back of the end zone, which is a safety. So it's twenty nine to ten right now. The Bears have zero momentum, and uh, from the looks of it, zero motivation whatsoever to do anything about it. So we're we're right back to the team that we were before the Minnesota game and right now the question that I've been asking for the last two weeks was was that a turning point for the Bears against Minnesota or was it just our Green Bay on Thanksgiving night victory moment for this year and right now it looks like it's that was that was it that's going to be the high point of our season was that win over Minnesota and we're going to have to suffer through the suck that is the next eight weeks (laughs) So you could see it already happening on the field as the, as the, 
you know, the, the horrible decisions that Jay was making. Uh, he was like 11 for 30 in this football game, uh, doubled his interception total in one football game. Uh, he only he had the two picks in three starts coming into it and threw two picks on back to back plays uh, in the in the first quarter alone. Um, you know, also getting caught from behind, not protecting the football, carrying it low around his waist instead of up around his chin where quarterbacks are instructed to keep the football, keep it high because of things like that. He's keeping it low around his waist. Noah Spence knocks it out of his hands. Uh, the third quarter was embarrassing, just absolutely embarrassing. That play alone that I talked about with Winston running around the field with his chicken, like a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, Floyd misses him not once, not twice, but I think at least three times on that play. Willie Young got blocked in the back in the end zone, which would have been, which should have been a safety uh, for the Bears. Um, you know, and once something like that happens, the longer the quarterback is able to scramble around, the easier it's going to get for somebody to get open. So the fact that it ended in a, a reception wasn't all that surprising to be completely honest with you because when because when it's backyard you know football like that anything can happen anything is possible and uh you know it was just embarrassing to watch it all happen uh you know harold jones corte i think was was covering uh the receiver i think it was mike evans that caught that pass and it basically like just barely over his fingertips he was in position uh, to make a play it's just you know so he was doing his job and defending his receiver it's just it was it was on the guys back there the, he should have been sacked at some point uh during that entire circus and uh you know and then like i said on the very next play a 43 yard touchdown pass to kind of put the cherry on top and then uh in the fourth quarter the bears gave up another touchdown and uh finally got this nightmare in the book so we could move on to the rest of the season Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Bucks, and mercifully it is over. Uh, the Bucks added another touchdown to make it 36-10 to 10 is the final score. Um, where it was, uh, time of possession, the Bears and the Bucks were, were practically even. Uh, Bears with 15-15, and the Bucks were 14-45, so basically dead on the nose time of possession. The Buccaneers had the ball for the fourth quarter for the first 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. The Bears got the ball back with about five and a half minutes. It was the first time they touched the ball since the third quarter. So, um, you know, this this game was an out-and-out disaster straight from the very beginning with Jay throwing picks on the first two possessions uh, of the game, the pick six from Conti, and it just uh, – it just, you know, not the performance you want to see from a team that gave, that put on the show it did on Monday night against uh, Minnesota. You know, so lots to work to do and, uh, you know, very little to, to no optimism going forward in these last uh, seven games. So especially with a good defense in the Giants next week after what this crap defense that the Bucks have did to the Bears offensive line, it just, uh, it was horrendous. Uh, to watch so uh, here we are once again being totally disappointed and disgusted with what the Bears put on the field and we got seven more weeks of it and that I think perfectly sums it up we got seven more weeks of sitting through this and you know I'll watch I'll watch because I want to watch the team win like I said I, I do believe and still I still believe that the Bears have a schedule where they can string together a couple of wins. You know, it's definitely possible with what we have in front of us. It's just that 
the Bears are playing so much worse than any of these teams that we're going to play. You know, the Giants, our next opponent, play tonight on Monday Night Football uh, against the Bengals. But they're five and three right now. They started three and zero. Oh, they lost three in a row. They're they're on a two game winning streak at this point. They've got the Bengals, who are a tough team, even though they're struggling this year. Then next week we have the Tennessee Titans, who just took the Packers to the woodshed. So what's the optimism that the Bears might be able to pull one out there? Not very high, you know. Then I think we finally have our rematch with the 49ers, and I'm looking forward to that one. That might be the best chance the Bears have to win a game for the rest of the season because after that it's three out of four against the NFC North and the Redskins in the last quarter uh, of the season. So it's like we got Detroit, then we got um, it's Detroit, Washington, and then Green Bay, and or is it the other way? Is it Detroit, Green Bay? Let me pull up the schedule real quick. It is, yeah, it's Detroit, Green Bay, then Washington, and then finish at Minnesota. Those are the last four games of the season. So this at Tampa, next week at the Giants, home for Tennessee, and then San Francisco before, you know, we got four out of five, Tennessee, San Francisco, then at Detroit, then home for Green Bay and Washington. Four out of five home games there, and uh, we'll see how it all finishes out so but like i said no bear up or bear down this week just because just because you know actually i do have one bear up award and i want to give it to malcolm fell um our good friend over in the uk long and loyal listener to the show uh made the trip it was his vacation his holiday if you will uh spent a week uh in florida did some you know it's i'm friends with him on facebook so saw all of his pictures he was in orlando made the trip to tampa and had to sit there and witness the abomination that was the bears playing in front of his his sad limey eyes out there in in uh in tampa uh so i feel sorry for him so i give him a bear up you know so he didn't walk away empty-handed malky you 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 got a bear up award and the only one worthy of it for actually having to be there and spending all of your money to <laughs> to sit there in raymond james stadium and witness that abomination uh up close so there you are my friend enjoy and that's that's gonna do it I, like i said no no bear up or bear down this week i'm not even gonna waste my time on it because it would just be a 35 minute rant on me and the bear down situation actually you know what i'm gonna end things i got one other thing that i want to talk about because somebody asked me a question on twitter today and i actually wanted to address it um alan jones asked me should the bears trade for romo in the offseason and have a first round quarterback play a year or two play for a year or two but play behind him for a year or two um is it you know because he thinks it's better than trading up uh for the bears like well right now with the way the bears are playing uh, i think that uh you know the number two pick isn't out of the realm of possibility so uh, we'll we'll have a decent shot at one of those quarterbacks should we be so inclined but um i don't think trading for romo would be a good idea simply because um it would be a ticking time bomb much like you know what people thought what i thought what many people thought of the um minnesota vikings trading for sam bradford now the play on the field is not working out 
but Bradford is still healthy, and Bradford is the tipping, ticking time bomb who's made out of paper mache, and any moment now he's going to burst into a cloud of confetti, and that's going to really screw the Vikings up when that happens. And that's all that I would be waiting to have happen if the Bears made the mistake. Plus, he's also three years older than Jay Cutler. He came into the league in 2003. Jay came in in 2006. He's he's three years older than Jay Cutler and a hell of a lot more injury prone than Cutler has ever been. Yeah, Cutler has not, hasn't played a full season in a long time, but Cutler hasn't had debilitating season-long ending uh, injuries. He's also not had any back problems. It's been little things like, you know, he's broken his thumb a couple of times on his throwing hand and, and things like that. I, I, I don't think that trading for Romo would be uh, a good idea. I saw that on television myself when they were talking about trade destinations uh, for Tony Romo and the Bears were up there because he went to Eastern Illinois and, you know, no, no, I don't think that would be uh, a good idea at all. Um, granted, he's a, he's a talented quarterback, uh, number one. I just don't think Tony Romo's a winner, not that we'd be bringing him to Chicago to win a championship, but Tony Romo can win games, but he's not a winner. So, you know, Dak Prescott is going to win a championship despite Tony Romo this year. And, um, no, I don't think that. You know who I wouldn't mind getting uh, simply because we can trust him to stay healthy, um, even though he is uh, kind of mistake-prone as Jay Cutler. But uh, uh, if we're going to have a, a Band-Aid quarterback, you know, if that's the way the Bears are going to go, then why not go out and get a guy like Mark Sanchez? who I thought that the Vikings should have gone, gotten instead of Sam Bradford simply because one of the things that hasn't been an issue for Sanchez has been his health. You can always count on the guy to be out there on the field every single Sunday. And if we're just looking at somebody to be a placeholder for a little while, Sanchez would be the candidate, in my opinion. You know, that's who we want out there. Not Brian Hoyer, not anybody else, but Mark Sanchez. You know, go out and get Mark Sanchez. Let him be our quarterback and placeholder for whoever the Bears, you know, acquire, whether it be a first rounder or a second or third rounder that we're going to develop for a year or two or something like that. I would much have, rather have a guy like Mark Sanchez who I who I trust will be out there on the field, good, bad, or indifferent. We've got a healthy guy that's out there while our quarterback of the future is learning rather than Tony Romo when we're going to have to throw our future quarterback of the future to the Wolves after Romo throws out his neck again or something like that. So there you go. I just thought I would answer that before I forgot about it. So thank you for the question, Alan. If anybody else has questions, feel free. Uh, at Shy Bears Review on Twitter, Chicago Bears Review at Yahoo.com uh, is the email, or you can hit me up on the Chicago Bears Review page uh, on uh, Facebook. So send your questions out, and as you see today, I responded to them, put them on the show. So feel free to do that. So anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 10 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. When we come back on Thursday, we will have our guest for the New York Giants from Big Blue Review on SB Nation, Brandon Eastrick. And I think I'm pronouncing that correct. I haven't actually spoken, spoken to him uh, yet. But Chris Schwartz, who we had during the summer, isn't going to be available. He recommended Brandon, so we're going to have him on the show. He's happy to do it. So Brandon Eastrick from Big Blue Review on uh, SB Nation will be joining us to talk about Bears, Giants, for week number 11. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.
there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 